have on this Sunday morning, Lord's Day, together to worship and to hear word from you. And Father, we pray now that you would open our hearts and open our minds, give us understanding of your word, help us to apply that you will be glorified, your people blessed, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We have been preaching a series uh, through Acts of Ephesians 10, uh, chapter 6, rather, beginning with verse 10. And just for a background for this series and a little bit of review, I want to share uh, several more verses from Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning with verse 10, uh, Paul writes to the church, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Paul lets his readers know that we have an enemy, a real enemy, who is the devil. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, that's the tricks, the, the schemes, the, the strategies against the devil. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Paul encourages the church to take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then he goes into those pieces of armor. He says, stand therefore, having girded your ways with truth. And we've talked about truth being uh, Jesus Christ is truth. His, his word is truth. And when Paul says, put on the belt of truth, he's talking about being intentional about developing our relationship with Jesus Christ and his word. And that's what our spiritual disciplines are all about. Each month, we are going to focus on a spiritual discipline that will help us grow closer in our relationship to Jesus. Christ that's how you put it on you are intentional about developing your relationship with Jesus and then he says having put on the breastplate of righteousness righteousness is meaning that we have God's imputed righteousness through Jesus Christ we're righteous those who trust in him because we have accepted him he transferred his righteousness on to us that gets us into heaven but Paul is also um, talking about practical righteousness that is we are to live holy each and every day, because when we live holy, although the devil will fight us, although he will attack us, he will never be able to defeat us. Why? Because holiness is an attribute of God and the devil cannot defeat anything that's of God. And then he says, shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Paul is talking about having the peace with God and the peace of God. The way we have the peace with God is accepting Jesus Christ. And on the heels of the peace with God comes the peace of God. Y'all, the only way we're going to make it through the stuff that's going on in Washington, through the stuff that's going on around the world, through the stuff that's going on around us on the job, is that we must have confidence in the peace of God. We have to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in all order to make it and so now verse 16 is where we want to shine the sermonic spotlight for today Paul says above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one now Paul had often seen the Roman soldiers uh, carry, carrying their shields in the battle 
the Roman soldiers had two types of shield. First of all, they had a small shield that they wore on, strapped on their arm, and they would move that around to um, protect their heads and um, to use against the enemy in battle. It was relatively lightweight and was used to ward off the blows from an opponent's sword. The second shield that Paul talks about, uh, the second shield is the one that Paul is making reference to here in the text, was larger and it was designed to protect the soldier's entire body. The shield was made of two layers of laminated wood. It was covered with linen and hide and then it then. Uh, from bottom to top, it was it had it had iron with an iron ornament decorated on the front of it. Usually, something like a Roman seal or something to indicate that this soldier was a part of the Roman regiment. A soldier could actually put his entire body behind the shield, as the shield would absorb javelins and arrows of the enemy. And in the case of flaming arrows. They would be extinguished, smothered, or snuffed out as it plunged into the thickness of the shield. The enemies would often stick, uh, put the, the point of the spear in something like tar, light it, and then shoot it at Roman soldiers. But as a result of that shield, the, the arrows would hit the shield and the soldier would be protected. This is the picture Paul paints for us as we battle in our warfare. The enemy of our soul launches repeated volleys and blazing arrows of temptations, of strategies, of plots, of plans, of programs to inflame us and to bring us down. Can I get a witness? Now, he's had a lot of time to study. He has had thousands of years to study. So in essence, he is a master psychologist. He assaults us with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Being the master sociologist, he assails us with the lustful appetite to desire recognition and applause from people. Being a master in theology, he attacks us with false religions and false religious teachers who twist the truth and even tell lies in order to gain power and riches control over people. The devil knows our strengths. Remember, he has had thousands of years to, to study. The devil knows our strength and he knows our weaknesses. So he sends his hosts, his helpers, his hellions, his legion of evil spirits to negatively arouse our senses and inflame our desires. He unleashes his minions to corrupt our character, to weaken our wills and deceive our minds if we aren't careful. He, He discharges his demons to deaden our consciousness and distort God's truth and destroy our testimonies. Satan has a wide assortment of wiles, a wide uh, plethora of of schemes and uh, uh, strategies and tricks. In fact, as I think about him, I have come to, to, to identify him as the master trickster and treater. Do y'all remember when we used to go out for Halloween? We did this thing when we knocked on the door. At least in South Carolina, we said trick or treat. 
Well, Satan is the master of tricking and treating. In fact, he has tricks and he has treats tailor-made to meet and to suit every weakness. He, for example, he, he tricks people uh, into loving money and then he treats them with a lifestyle of greed and misery. He tricks people into being hard-headed. We know what to do and why we ought to do it, but, but, but if we are careful, he will trick us into being hard-headed. We know what the vision is. We know what God says, but if we aren't careful, he'll, he'll trick us into being hard-headed. Then he treats people to broken hearts. He tricks boys and young men into being hootenums and hoods and thugs and gangsters. Then he treats them to a prison cell. He treats young gir- girls and young ladies into bedrooms before their time. And then he treats them with the hardship of raising a baby or babies alone. He tricks people into same-sex attractions and same-sex marriages. And then treats them to living with the guilt and shame of trying to do something they can't do and be something they are not. The devil is full of tricks and treats. And, 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 and he will shatter lives of, of people. He'll shatter dreams. And, and then he throws them under the bus and moves on to the next victim. Paul reminds us that Satan is real. He's ruthless and relentless. Don't, don't fool yourself. He's real. He's ruthless. And he is re- relentless. He, he never gives up trying to steal kill and destroy those who have genuinely trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. He never gives up like Jesus in the wilderness. He tempted him three times, but but Luke says that he left him and then he came back at a more opportune time. Don't ever uh, be naive into thinking that he's leaving you alone. It's only for a season. But those who have placed their trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, we need not fear. Because Satan's fiery dots, his flaming arrows, his fierce missiles cannot penetrate the faith of a decisive, a determined, a dynamic, devoted, disciplined believer in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again, y'all. I'm not talking about people who come to church half-heartedly. I'm not talking about half-hearted commitment to Jesus Christ and and every once in a while uh, showing up or every once in a while doing a religious thing. But I'm talking about people who are decisive, determined, dynamic, devoted, and disciplined in their relationship to Jesus. He can never penetrate your faith. So it is regardless of the ebb and flow of life, the high times and the low times, the joys and the sorrows, the sunshine and the rain, the satisfaction and the disappointment. It is our faith in God who brought Jesus back from the dead that will be our shield against the fiery dots, the flaming arrows, the fierce missiles. Of the wicked one. While in the Air Force, and I'm sure some of you other military people uh, know 
of this, but while in the Air Force, I learned that one of the weapons the enemy had that he used uh, against Air Force fighter pilots and, and to bring down Air Force jets and to destroy uh, the mission uh, that the Air Force was trying to accomplish was, was a heat-seeking missile. Now, when a heat-seeking missile was fired at a jet, and the pilots knew this, when it was fired at a, a, a jet, it locked on to the heat of the jet, and, and it followed the jet until it made explosive contact. That's what a heat-seeking missile did. And the jet was, was emitting heat, and so the enemy would fire the missiles, and that missile would lock on to the heat, and it had a heat sensor, and it would track that jet. And no matter what the pilot did, the missile stayed on the trail. No matter how skilled the pilot was at maneuvering the jet, that missile stayed on the trail of that heat. And likewise, no matter how skillful we are at preaching his word and teaching his word and and living his word like that heat-seeking missile, he stays on our trail. That missile stayed on the trail of that heat. And so the best countermeasure the best countermeasure that researchers came up with to escaping the deadly impact of the heat-seeking missile was to deploy flares. The heat from the flares created hundreds of targets for the missiles to track, thus helping the pilot to evade the missiles and return home safely. Well, here's the shout. Faith in God. Faith in God is our ultimate shield against the attacks of the devil. God's sovereign. God is supreme. God is sovereign. God is our superior power. God and God alone is our shield. If we're placing our trust in in our money to protect us, we don't sink in sand. If we're placing our trust in our education to protect us, we're on sinking sand. If we're trusting in our slickness and our slidness and and our crudeness and our bravery to protect us, we're on a slippery slope. We need to have faith in God who is able to take care of us. Listen to the biblical text in Genesis 15 and 1. God said to Abram, Abram, do not fear. God said, for I am your shield. Is there anybody here this morning you fear not because God is your shield? God said to Abram, I am your shield and your reward is great. In Deuteronomy, God said to the people of Israel, blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. Get this, who is the shield of your help and the sword of your Majesty, the psalmist declares in Psalm 33 and 20, our souls wait for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Like the writer of Proverbs 18 and 10 who wrote, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And, And here's another shout. When the God of all power is standing before us, 
when he is our shield, when the Lord Jesus Christ is our defender, when he is our protection, we can rest assured knowing that all the fiery dots of Satan and all his hosts of demons and minions and hellions don't have a snowball chance in the hot place of penetrating our spiritual flesh and burning us with his wickedness. Paul said, keep the shield up. When trouble come, raise up the shield. God is our banner. God is our shield. With God, nothing can get in. That's the method of Martin, message of Martin Luther, the 15th century priest and reformer who wrote a great hymn of the church. We don't sing it much anymore these days, but it's a great hymn of the church. The hymn is entitled, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And I encourage you, <clears throat> to look it up in the hymn book and Google it and read the words. I'm going to read just a couple stanzas. Right. Yeah. Luther wrote a mighty fortress. It's our God. Yeah. What he's saying is, I don't know about other folk, God. I don't know what y'all put your faith in, but a mighty fortress is our God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is our God. He's a bulwark. The word bulwark means he's a safeguard, a barricade, a, a fortified protection. Luther says a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he'll meet the flood of mortal ills prevailing. Get this, for still our ancient foe, that's the devil, does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man on our side, Jesus, the man of God's own choosing, Jesus. Does ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabbath, is his name from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. Luther points out biblical truth. The same biblical truth that Paul pointed out in Ephesians. That is God's all-powerful presence. It's the believer's shield. It's the believer's defense against the fiery dots, the flaming arrows, and the malicious missiles of the devil. So today, when you are attacked, tomorrow when you are attacked, be it at job, at home, at school, just hold up your shield, stand behind your shield, and trust God to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the wicked one wherever they are and from whomever they come. God is able. God will do it. That's why Paul says in verse 16, and above all, taking the shield of faith, taking your relationship with God, taking your belief in God who has promised never to leave you nor forsake you, take up that belief in a God who says, I will protect you, take up the shield of faith in a God, your relationship with a God that says, Lo, I'm with you. Always. 
to the end of the earth. Taking a shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. And then you be not dismayed. Whatever be time, God will take care of you.